Good morning, Community Church. Good morning. Good morning to those of you online. It's so wonderful to be here this morning. Um, and so excited to be bringing a word about uh, vocation. Today, we continue with our Heaven and Hell sermon series, well, and everything in between. Um, and we are in our fourth week. Um, and let me recap a little bit what we have learned from Pastor Wade so far. So creation, God created the world and he calls it good, very good. But human beings rebel against God and his good purpose. And so the fall and the world has been in decay ever since. But God did not give up on the world. Instead, he set out to save the world from the path that would be leading towards destruction, from sins, from the thwarted path. So he came in the person of Jesus Christ, uh, redemption, to redeem the world, to put the world back onto its original trajectory towards flourishing, towards the new creation. So all creation is giving way to new creation. Heaven is coming to earth. And one day, the new creation will be fully expressed when heaven and earth come together again, when heaven is fully experienced on earth. Who is looking forward to that day? Yes, okay, so I'm not the only one, yes. No more pain, no more suffering, wonderful. So, have you ever thought about this? What will you be doing in heaven? What will you be doing in the world to come? Let's see what the Bible tells us. You have appointed them as a kingdom and priests to serve a God and they will reign on the earth. They serve him day and night in his temple, and the one seated on the throne will shelter them. So it looks like, church, that we will be priests, that we will reign with God on the earth. See, on the earth, not floating in the clouds. And we will serve God day and night in his temple. So like this, reign with God, um, being his priest in the temple, serving God. What does that mean to you? You know, I, I know some people, um, well, I was one many, many, many years ago, was excited by the fact that, you know, wow, no need to work anymore. I can finally serve God full time. And some others, a friend, a chef, he said, you know, I really don't know about that. I love my job. I love making good food for people. I'm born to do this. It's so satisfying. Working in the temple day and night. I don't know about that. What am, I, what am I going to do? Light the candle in the morning? Extinguish the candle at night? Repeat for eternity? You know, many of us have this idea that serving God is this very spiritual thing, which usually does not include the work that you do every day, from Monday to Friday, or some people Monday to Saturday. So, so something like this, okay? So imagine this. If someone were to ask you, how are you serving God? What would you think of first? I'm guessing probably I serve in the children's ministry. At church, I, um, I, I help out with outreach. Um, I lead a life group. Um, I usher. And they are wonderful ways to serve God, and we really appreciate you. But could it also be this? How are you serving God? I usher, I sing with the choir, 
I'm a baker. I bake good bread. How are you serving God? Um, oh, I help out with Sunday school. Um, I help out with the equipment. And I am also a financial advisor. I'm a homemaker. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an architect. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. So some of you know that I worked in the corporate world for many, many years, close to 20 years, in law and in business, before I was called to this particular role as a pastor. Now, when I made that change, you know, people were like, well, or kind of, people were amazed. They were like, wow, you're going into full-time ministry? What made you decide to give up your secular job to serve God full-time? See, there's this misconception that one cannot serve God full-time in a secular job, and you have to work in the church or be a missionary somewhere to serve God full-time. And I used to believe that too. So I saw my secular job as helping me serve God in terms of, okay, it helps me to tithe to the church, and so I support the church, and it gives me an opportunity to, to do evangelism. But, I, but it never occurred to me that I was serving God full-time doing the work that I was actually doing, like negotiating, like taking instructions from clients, right? drafting documents, the work itself. So church, what if you are serving God full-time, doing the things that you do here for community church, and also doing the job that you do every day as a teacher teaching? And it doesn't have to be a Christian school. It can be both, either. Or as a banker managing money, or as an artist, painting, or as an accountant, accounting, or as, a health, or as a health worker, or a helping profession, or in the service industry. What if we are created to work? You ever thought of that? What if work was, and is, and will be, the fullest expression of our vocation as God's image bearers. I know if you're looking forward to retiring, let us pray. God, thank you for your word. Um, on this Pentecost Sunday, uh, we pray especially, God, may your Holy Spirit anoint um, your word. May your Holy Spirit um, fill our hearts with your joy and your life and your convictions. Amen. See, some people see work as a result of the fall. So frustrating. I can't wait to not work. You know, um, that is like a thing that we have to put up with until we get to heaven when we'll be relieved from our earthly work. Who thinks like that? But work is not a result of the fall. Work was God's design for us at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. Meant to be joyful and fulfilling. So, but what do I mean by this? That it was work, that God wanted us to work from the beginning. So you see this here, right? <laughs> I'm not going to demonstrate like a cooking class because that, I was asked that in the first service. Um, so here I've got olive oil, I've got wine, pasta, um, bread, and see this here? Beautiful recipe, you know, with beautiful artwork. And also, 
a contraption to cook the pasta in. Now, <laughs> did God give Adam and Eve these things in the garden? No, no, yeah, I see her. And yet, so many, so many thousands of years later, many, many generations later, we get to enjoy these things, right? How did we get here? Genesis tells us. Let's look at these passages together. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image after our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the earth. God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I now give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the entire earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. So, the first thing to notice is that God did not make a finished world, a finished product. He made the world with potential for development. Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over creation. What does that sound like to you? Does it not sound like work? So God gave human beings raw materials for development, for cultivation, seed-bearing plants, where eventually we get this, 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 and this. But there's one more thing. Raw materials is not enough. We have raw materials, um, but how do we get to here? So, do you think a horse can make wine out of grapes? Do you think a bird can make those seed-bearing plants to bread? Can a donkey make olive oil from olives? olive trees. See, God made us people, human beings like him, gave us skills and abilities, image bearer, so that like him, we can create, we can organize, we can reason, we can plan, we can build, we, we can be artistic, and we can make beautiful things for the flourishing of the world. Sorry, let me just adjust this for a little bit. Okay. And that, church, is how we reign with God as his representatives. See, human beings are the only ones that God breathed his spirit into, not plants, not animals. But you know what? Reigning with God requires that we not only you know, make use of the skills that he has given us, but we are also to make good things and produce good services that are good for people, that are good for his creation. I mean, you have skills, I have skills, you have stuff, but we can use it for good and for all for bad, right? We can abuse them. So I can make pasta here that is good for the health of people, or I can take shortcuts, maximize profit, and make pasta that is bad for people or bad for the environment. Or I can abuse other people and use them like slaves to produce these things for me, for my gain. Genesis tells us in 2.15, 
to care for the world on his behalf, like how a priest serves God in the temple. See those red words there? To care for it, to work it, to maintain it, to keep it. Avat and Shama, these are Hebrew words, and they are words used to describe the sacred work done by priests in the temple. And if you recall, Pastor Wade has said that the whole world is God's temple. And us human beings are priests working in God's temple. And as priests in the world, we are called to make products and provide services that are good for people. And we are also to do that in people-caring ways and not use people as tools. And so, what is our vocation? Our vocation is to bear God's image in the world, His temple, by using the skills and talents He has given to us to steward and develop His resources in order that we as His priests may serve and care for the world, His temple. This may surprise you, but you and I have the same vocation. Although our vocation is expressed in many ways, through different occupations and through different roles. So whether you're an engineer or a banker or a composer in the helping profession in the service industry, or working in nonprofit, whether your work is employed work or unpaid work or volunteer work, your work is as much a calling as my work here in the church. You are serving God full-time in His temple as much as I am here. You are working in God's temple. Your work is sacred. To say that something is secular is to say that it does not have any connection with religion or God. And we use terms like Christian education and secular education, right? Christian music and secular music. But... Do you think that there is like this world that exists like in a neutral zone where God, where it, God has nothing to do with, like where it's, God doesn't have any jurisdiction over? So God does not look at some things and go, yes, that's my jurisdiction. Those things there, uh, not my jurisdiction. So for example, I use this with the first service. You know the song, How Great Thou Art? Yeah, Christian song. Does God go, yeah, how great thou art? Yes, mine, mine. Dancing queen, no, not mine. Or, no, not mine. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Finance is mine, says God. Law is mine. Business is mine. The economy is mine. Government is mine. Education is mine. Fashion is mine. Technology is mine. The arts, music, mine. Homemaking, mine. The world is mine. Yes, they are broken, which means that, you know, the sacred nature has been compromised. They've been desecrated, made or desacred. I think it's actually a better word than the word secular. Because to say that something is secular means that there's no place for God in there. But desecrated, which means there is idolatry. There's worship of power, there's worship of money, there's worship of status, there's worship of work itself. Something that we see quite a bit in this city. There is worship of technology, 
there's worship of the arts, there's worship of other things, other created things. And there's systemic oppression and institutions serve the powerful. And there is above all the worship of human wisdom. We know best. So human beings, we have forgotten our priestly call to use our God-given skills to serve and care for the world. We have forgotten that the things or the services we produce, all of us here are involved in some kind of work. It doesn't have to be paid work, but it is a kind of working um, that are meant to reflect the truth about God. And our industry, the way we work, the way we treat people, they are to speak of who God is. See, right? By putting things into the secular category, what we are doing is that we are effectively keeping God's truth and God's character from challenging the status quo or existing narratives about how things should be in this world. We like to say business is business. Hushin come gap, that's how the world works. But that's not how God works. Business is not just business. But in the same way, you know, if we classify, put things into, oh, sacred, the Christian things, you know, like church work or non-profit Christian work or anything with a Christian label on it, we also might be keeping God's truth and God's character from challenging those spaces because we assume their sacredness. But we, there is no place, no square inch in this world that has not been impacted by the effect of the fall. All things need redemption. All things. And God came in the person of Jesus Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, it's every space, every industry, every occupation, every role, every corner of the earth to bring sacredness back to the desecrated, to usher in the new creation. And how is God doing that, church? God has called a chosen people, a royal priesthood for himself. Priests, you are all priests. We are all priests. Priests, otherwise known as Christians or the church. So royal priesthood is not only what you do in here um, for the church, um, but also and especially the things you do outside these four walls, wherever God may put you. See, we are called to join Jesus in ushering in the new creation here and now to bring the sacred back to his temple in and through the work we do in whatever capacity, paid or unpaid, employed or otherwise. In the words of Amy Sherman, we are called to be agents of flourishing in every corner of society. But I know it's not easy, trust me. It's really, uh, we, we know that it's not easy, but we can all play our small parts. And God calls us um, differently um, into different occupations and roles, but our vocation is the same. But there are small ways that we can bring the sacred back to the desecrated, wherever we are, whichever role we play. And today I've invited a friend here to tell us a little bit about how God has led him to do his small parts in his industry. Um, his name is Norman, Norman Tam, and Norman has been in, in the investment field for 18 years as a foreign exchange dealer and equity analyst. And for nine out of those 18 years, he was an investment consultant 
for high net worth clients. He then went on to study um, theology at Regent College, and now that he's back in Hong Kong, I mean, we met at Regent, um, now that he's back in Hong Kong, he's trying to integrate his faith with his work. Let's welcome Norman. I'm happy to be here. Hello, Norman. Thank you. Um, so, Norman, um, so you've been in the finance investment industry uh, for a long time now. Can you maybe share with us a little bit about what are some of the broken aspects of the industry? Um, one of the uh, like kind of a fallen aspect is uh, the nature of uh, the for-profit wealth management business. It exposes uh, our, our human greed. A typical uh, banker, uh, the salary of a banker is tied to the uh, revenue generated by charging uh, clients commissions or fees, uh, and and it, the the primary or the dominant purpose of, of a banker becoming to to generate revenues, uh, and this. Uh, instead of you know, focus solely on making money for clients. So that create a kind of a uh, imbalance. And uh, uh, another aspect I see that is the uh, hierarchical, uh, the service hierarchy. Um, if you go to a bank, there are many tiers of services. Uh, often the rich uh, got to have the best service, best care, best products. Uh, those who are in the low, uh, on the other hand, low income, they have no access. And often, uh, that's the most, like breaking my heart was, uh, was that they are being charged the more, most fees. And uh, I think this is one part of contributing to the, uh, the, the uh, wealth in, uh, gap. Uh, another uh, fallenness uh, struggle that I had uh, when I was working was uh, the, the constant dealing with uh, pride, fear, uh, and greed. Um, when I was working, I, I hang out with the uh, top 5% of uh, the wealthiest uh, clients and colleagues, and slowly I started to ignore the other 95%. Uh, and that created kind of a, a never enough mind mentality, uh, and that kind of blocked my... Uh, uh, my, my contentment, but being content with what I have. So these are the, yeah, the things that I, I see. Thank you, Norman. Can you maybe uh, share with us uh, maybe a couple, a couple of ways uh, that you feel like God has led you to bring redemption or sacredness back into this space? Okay. Um, uh, a few years ago, I had a vision uh, to, um, to use my gift and experience to uh, help those who have... Uh, limited savings or, or very low savings and those who have no access to um, sound uh, professional investment advice and those uh, or even to those who are, are financially illiterate. Um, so I started to pray and slowly I, I started to help, help my close friends, uh, friends who uh, surprisingly there was a moment, uh, a period when a few of my friends decided to quit their secular job not a secular job, but pursue the ministry in what, what really uh, been in their hearts. And at the same time, they don't know about investment, so I started to uh, invest with them. So the last you know, couple of years has been quite fruitful. 
for them, and I'm hoping to uh, expand that. Mm -hmm. um, another way uh, uh, I think I'm uh, helping to bring a light to, to this world is to help them to deal with uh, fear and greed. You know, making money is, is, is a constant dealing with uh, fear, uh, greed and fear. I hope to ease the, um, this temptation or struggle that they will have to face and free them up to, to focus on their ministry. Uh, another way uh, uh, to bring light is to is about ethics, uh, investing uh, ethically, uh, responsibly, and sustainably. I think is very important um, and God pleasing. Uh, so I have this passion to to look for ways to invest uh, and look for companies that share the same value. Um, so, for example, uh, I would avoid uh, industry or sector that corrupts the world, for example, casino industry, or which is uh, a cannabis industry is quite popular in Canada. Uh, instead, I look for uh, ways to really uh, find companies that is uh, ethical and care for the communities. Thank you so much, Norman, for taking the time. Um, feel free to speak to him after the service. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be here. But thank you so much, um, Norman. Church, I don't know all your work challenges. Okay, we all have some. And maybe some of you um, are not in a space where you're working. Maybe some of you are discerning what you should be doing. Or maybe some of you are unable to work for reasons beyond your control. We don't know. But what we're going to go into in, in a minute, it's really a time of ministry. We want to do two things. One, um, you see this here, the stove. When I I was the dean here as a pastor, I was given this to mark my service, um, my service for God. And um, we also want to do that for you today. So um, you, later on, you could come out and our prayer ministers will be here. And you could just say your name and your, your area of work or the area of work that you hope to work in. Um, and they will pray for you. They will commission you. The other thing is, is also going to be a space where you bring all your work or non-work, um, I mean, your work struggles too. So if you have struggles at work and you need prayer for, or if you are transitioning or you're discerning, what can I do, God, with the gifts and skills that you've given to me? Or God, I, I can't seem, to, I'm just hitting the, the, the wall um, constantly. Um, so do, do come for prayers. We would love to walk with you. We would love to minister with you. Let us pray. Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord, um, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And on this Pentecost Sunday, we are reminded that this work about bringing sacredness back to this world, your temple, this new creation work is first of all your work and that you have given us the Holy Spirit. Um, you have empowered us to join you in this redemptive work. And it is, work is broken. And there are so many broken things that we witness every day. Um, we, we've heard stories that May shared just now in, in, in the video. Um, it's so broken. And yet you have called us to be agents of flourishing. So God, I pray in our midst today, we have people who are in different places where work is concerned. We have people who are struggling at work. We have people who are struggling with um, people they work with. We have people who are struggling to discern what is your 
role occupation for them. We have people who who can't work for reasons that they cannot control. And we also have um, people who just who just really are looking for you. And we want, and we we pray for each person that each person will be touched and ministered to in a very special way by you today on this Pentecost Sunday. And we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that you walk with us. 